Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Michael, would you like to complain about dates a little bit? I don't have anything to complain about. What do you mean you don't have anything to complain about? There's a right way to you do dates just, and a wrong you, way. You just complained about the date. Uh, yeah. But where you had to you had to edit it again. Yeah, sure. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way. And the right way, now that I live in the UK, is uh, to spell out the month because there's never any ambiguity then. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it never is there a three letter abbreviation. It's always a three letter abbreviation. It's always oh, that's fun. The preferred the preferred date writing is day, three letter code for the month and year. How do you feel about that? I have strongly come around to it. I am now completely in favor of it. I dislike heavily the I I dislike heavily that system. I do not. I, I will say I am not a huge fan of month, day, year as well. And I've only started to dislike that when I started saving files, writing code, wherein I was reliant on order. And it is annoying as heck when you have January 01... 2018, 2019, 2020, January 02, 2018, 2019, 2020. That is not the correct order. See, now you so, understand the problems. Well, no, no, I've, I've understood the problems for a couple of years now. <laughs> well said. All right, Eric, one of the side effects of working on this, uh, making the overall rankings is that I resurfaced some of the scraping code that grabs, grabs the vital stats from the ESPN page. And first of all, Thank you to ESPN for actually simplifying your HTML this year. I thought when it broke the first time around, I thought it was because they had switched it to a JavaScript page and I was about to just like, you know, flip my computer in in anger. But (laughs) no, no, no. They actually just, they actually just switched to a nomenclature system for their, their HTML tables that makes a whole lot more sense. So, oh, that never happens. Kudos to you. Kudos to you. They also went from obviously a case insensitive to a case sensitive text editor <laughs> based on based on what happened. So based on some of the changes. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I have a question. There is exactly one player in the MLB who hails from the great state of New Hampshire. Do you have any idea who it is? Uh, Sam Fold is out of out of the mix now. Sorry. I don't who is it? It's it's a man by the name of Ian Hamilton. Oh, oh, yes. I had seen an article about him. <laughs> you saw an for... article about him. Um, oh, darn. There was a Pirates pitcher who was middling at best from New Hampshire as well. Is that true? Yeah, no. I, I, I owned him at least a couple times. I remember that being at least four years ago. Did you own him because 
he was from New Hampshire? No, I figured it out after I owned him the first time. Gotcha. All right, let's get into it. Today on the pod, we're going to talk TGFBI stuff in the first half. First few picks are in. We'll give ourselves a chance to uh, rate whether our drafts are going in a positive or negative direction. And then we'll talk about some updates to the overall rankings and the innings pitched and plate appearance predictions. So here we go. How many picks is your league done with so far? Oh, you're going to ask me the hard questions. Well, actually, I I mean, I don't need to ask you this. I realize that I have your board up, too. 54. We're in the 50s. Yeah, We're in the 50s. 54. We got it. We are. It's a race now. We're, oh, we just finished 55. Pick number 55. Yeah, that is. We're, we're in leagues that are somewhere in the middle, aren't we? Uh, I think our leagues are actually on the faster side so far, but today is going to be the big, you know. Today's where people actually really set the pace, I think. So it's a question yep. it's a question of like how quickly you make the overnight turn, I think. Whoa. Whether you keep going. Now there's color coding in the uh in the TGFBI Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I should get over there, shouldn't I? We're actually yeah, so I think our two leagues are, are doing pretty well. We're not we're not the furthest down. Few few leagues in the seventies. I kind of maintain that it's not that you kind of want to be moving with the pack in general. Yeah, you don't want to get too far ahead because then you're going to lose some of the information you, that you can glean from other leagues. That's right. You lose that information, which is, I mean, if you're if you're in a really slow draft, you have a really good idea of what the price model for different players is already. Yep. Uh, if you're... I, we're not. Neither of us is in a particularly slow or a particularly fast league. But the other thing is that is that as with the traditional things in slow draft, news is actively coming out, <laughs> like as we speak. You know, yeah, MLB. And so the longer, really, the longer you can wait on your slow draft, the better. But we're all impatient people. But we we are not people. I think you and I are both of the opinion that you do not take uh, the four hours that that is allowed I have, for your pick. All of mine have been auto-drafted so far. <laughs> so they've all, wow, they've all been guy. instant. Well, because because people on either side of me are not particularly fast. Like, look, if the, if the person ahead of me is taking an hour, like, I'm definitely going to be in there, and I can pick between two guys. <laughs> yep. With an hour's notice. So there's no reason for me to not flip it onto auto and, like, all right, whatever. I know. It, it, do you have it all set in there? Do, do you have your... How how far out do you have? Um, cute. Well, I said a long I said a long one for overnight. I knew I was going to take a pitcher, and I the prices were right on all the r- prices were right on all the pitchers, and so I um so I, I had five queued up overnight. And uh, yeah, we went through a little bit of a pitcher run as well, but it didn't matter because I got the I actually got the first one that I wanted because <laughs> it was a pretty. Round three was pretty cool for pitchers, and then both of our leagues, round four, just took off. Well, it's this year is kind of interesting, right? Because you have a clear top tier. Yep. With um, Cole, DeGrom, Verlander, Scherzer. Bueller. Am I missing anyone? Uh, that's the clear top tier, and then Walker Bueller is like 1A. <laughs> right. <laughs> All by- all by his his lonesome. Who's on your team so far? I'm drafting out of the four hole. 
And with my first pick, I got Mookie Betts. With my second pick, I got Jack Flaherty. With my third pick, I got Javi Baez. How do you feel about the Flaherty pick? <laughs> I don't feel great about it. Okay. I feel like it was it, it was a little bit of a value pick. It felt just like it just felt right. I have real questions about the next couple of guys that came down. Shane Bieber, Blake Snell. Yeah. And we had Mike Clevenger pretty high. We had him over Flaherty, but I didn't know I wasn't going to take him over Flaherty. Um, but I kind of wanted to get a pitcher because my next pick, I I didn't know if there could be a little mini run. Sorry, my do, next we, pick. do we actually have Clevenger over Flaherty? We did. I don't know if we do. Oh, we do. Yeah, Clevenger we have as the seventh-ranked pitcher. Um, Flaherty we have as number eight. Well, that's... so. Uh, we'll see if that updates that's actually, with our new... No, that one's actually different because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it has updated. So now it's Flaherty's number seven, and Clevenger is number 20. That makes sense, and that's probably related to the number of innings pitched. Yeah, because uh, the new projection for innings pitched is 163. We'll take a look at that. Uh, so, yeah, before we, we – that that might be a little bit of preview of what we're talking about next. Who do you have? I feel uncharacteristically good about my team. Drafting out of number 10, I have Trevor Story, Starling Marte, thanks to you, and your incessant Starling Marte campaign. Uh, Mike Clevenger and Patrick Corbin. I'm both like I, I can't say anything negative about your first two picks. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you trash my first two picks, you're literally trashing your home league team. <laughs> Though you picked Marte pretty early, that's an that was an interesting move. Um, where is it coming down currently in TGFBI? Starling, twenty three point eight. I got him at yeah twenty. That's wow. fine. Min min pick is thirteen. Yeah, thirteen to twenty nine. I got him at 13 twenty. To twenty nine. So if you if you look at the if you 24. look at the other things, look, but look look at the distribution here. It's Devers, Marte, and Rendon are all ADP in the twenty three. <laughs> so basically, yeah. there's a massive there's a massive plateau that contains J D Martinez, Jack Flaherty, Rafael Devers, Starling Marte, and Anthony Rendon. I gotta say, I mean, I I think that it was a bit of a reach, but I kind of I I do like that that pairing of Marte and um, Story. Well, for... that's exactly right. So I I texted you about this when it was clear in round one that it was going to be Turner versus Story. Like, oh, I guess I'm building a speed team <laughs> at this point. And Story's not Turner in terms of stolen, no, I, in terms I of stolen Story. Bases. He's he's got more power in terms of stolen bases. But Marte is a great complement to Story if you're trying to build a, a solid stolen base team. One thing that I find funny right now is usually I um I I usually feel like there are a ton of players that I want up until about like player twenty and then it like falls off. But I've actually really I really like this group of guys from the thirty five to sixty range. Uh-huh. There are a lot of really interesting players, um, but I know that basically I'm gonna have so I'm gonna have pick 57 and 64, and then I feel like it's gonna fall off a cliff after that. 
next time they come back, there'll be nobody. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think... Well, I guess that's true. I guess I find that there's a big lull in the middle of the draft where I'm not excited. And then at the end again, I'm like, look at all these players that are here. I'm actually really excited about look these guys. Look at all guys. these guys. <laughs> what are these doing here? What are you doing here? Like, after, like when you get to like round 14 and you're like, whoa, let's just pick some guys yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's sort of what you prepare for, though, in the draft. You prepare for like those first four or five rounds and then you prepare for like the last four or five rounds and then in the middle it's just such a bloodbath yeah no that's exactly right i mean because you've picked you know you you you've already oriented your team in a specific direction as we've talked about Mm -hmm. from draft theory in the past and then in the middle it's just like how do how do i make these guys fit that (laughs) you know none of these guys are (laughs) none of these guys are special in any way (laughs) how do i build out my team no i know you kind of get through that first yeah, this and this is one of the things that I'm trying to make sure that I I plan for a little bit because one of my strengths last year was I had, um, I had the utility of Mr. DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, and I'm I I don't want to buy up on someone like a Jeff McNeil or something just because he has so much eligibility. But at the same time, in TGFBI with so many slots you kind of need to have a couple of guys with a lot of eligibility. I I agree with that. I think I also am inclined to think that you get you apart from guys like LeMahieu that you get a lot of that late in the draft. Right, there are a lot of guys late in the draft that you can make a killing on or who's, you know, who's not that great but can play five different positions. <laughs> I mean that was my that's like my Joey Wendell flirtation for years, right? <laughs> it's like thank you, Joey Wendell, for f- you're very bad, but you fill out so many positions. You fill out many positions on my really bad team. Yeah, exactly. Really like I, I really poorly. appreciate that I can slot you in to be bad anywhere. <laughs> you are seventy percent of the fantasy player that I need you to be, but you're here for seventy percent is very generous, but yes. I uh, so I, I'm really excited. I mean, and TGFBI, of course, is a data like in addition to being a a baseball nerd playground, is a data science nerd playground. Like I just, and this is the part where we thank Smata for putting this all together as per usual. But like somebody is going through the the hard work of cleaning all this data, basically pre-cleaning all this data, so that we can just pull it down and do fun stuff with it. Oh yeah, no, that it's great, and they're they're doing this by hand. I know. We watch it happen <laughs> real time. Pi Drive is um, pretty Very good. Well, You're, it's it's gonna be okay, Mike. <sighs> what? Everything? What? You don't want to interact with a with a cloud based uh, hosting service? Everything should be written in HTML. What? Everything should be written in HTML. If I can't get it in text form to my computer immediately, I don't want it. Well, that's kind of silly. Just saying, (laughs) that's my hot take of the day. All right, sir. There are new updated projections as of today. I cannot promise you that every link works perfectly. But 
I can promise you that I can at least point you to the correct location. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, this is wild. Which one? What? Where? You're. I'm. I'm looking at. The, what are you looking um, at? Um, 2020 rankings. The overall. Okay. Great. Let's start on the overall. So last week, I spent a bunch of time bending over backwards to say that I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do a pitcher-batter mashup, and Eric said, no, you have to. And so I did, and it's terrible. (laughs) And and it validates exactly why I didn't want to do this in the first place. You did not like green eggs and ham. You did not like it, Sam. I am. So the fundamental thing that you have to put into this model that I didn't that I didn't actually tune this model for the fundamental tuning that this model requires is deciding what the relative value of the median pitcher to the median batter is and I didn't I didn't pick that and so the problem that Eric is reacting to right now is that we currently suggest that you shouldn't draft a pitcher Justin Verlander until number 30 which I mean I'm not totally against (laughs) No, I know. That's kind of the funny thing. But so the question is when when you scroll down into sort of the middle where there's more trade-offs, like do you really do you really think that Julio Tehran and Ender Inciarte have the same draft value? Or should they be shifted one way or another relative to each other? Mm-hmm. That's a good good example. Well, it's just I'm looking at number one forty nine and one fifty in our rankings. Like, is that really where they should be relative to each other? No, yeah, I see, it because basically you go from, you have the first 30, first 29 players are all hitters, and then it's three out of every five players is a pitcher, mm-hmm. which, where does it kind of normalize out? Probably, where, where, I don't know where oh, it like, finally it doesn't, it doesn't normalize out to like 200. Then. Yeah. Where you think the values are close? Well, you just asked that on um, um, Tehran and Inciarte, and I think that's a fair question to ask. Though Robbie Ray versus Jason Hayward, Annabelle, uh, <laughs> Max, Ke- I would, I would rather have Max Kepler. Than- yeah, I mean, we'd have to go through this. You think it's around two hundred? Yeah, I think around two hundred is where is. Well, I, I mean, it's kind of tough to say because at some point it's also just like a crapshoot and. and like the ranking doesn't really matter. It's just the the projections and the other peripheral stuff that we've created. Like, is this guy gonna? How? Yeah. What tools is this kind of guy gonna contribute to on your team? How about like Dansby Swanson versus Anthony Discofani? I'd be I'd rather Dansby. Yeah, and this isn't. But the problem is that that's not actually the way that I envision tuning this, right? So the the way that I envision tuning this is sliding all of the pitchers up relative to the hitters. Though by the time you get to the middle, that's like not a good thing to do <laughs> anymore. But it's not. It's no. It's not just. This isn't. It's not an accuracy or precision thing. This is like the problem is that the middle of the bell curve, you are is saturated with pitchers. That's right. And so, because all of a sudden you go from having there be no pitchers to every, as I said, three out of every five players is a pitcher, which means that they catch up and then pass in terms of like all of a sudden the hitters are undervalued here. Yeah. Anyways, I'm glad that they're on the same. 
that they're on the same table. This is a step. This well, sure, this is a step. I mean, the question is like, look at look at where we're at in TGFBI right now. We're we're at basically pick number fifty. The pitchers are pretty good that you're seeing at pick number like pick number fifty three is Aaron Nola. That's actually like lines up really well with the pitcher value currently, but it also suggests that you should have taken Yohan Mankata and Marcus Simeon before them, and like. Uh, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Zach Greinke of forty six. Well, the model the model is always you're high on him. Model is don't say me. <laughs> the model is high on him. Do you know who Michael Peterson is? Really, always high well, on I Zach mean, Greinke. You know who the model is really high on that no one's going to be brave enough to take him there is Ryu. That is true. The model loves true. his ERA. Ironically, the thing that it like. The thing that it thinks is driving Ryu's value is not his strikeouts. It's his ERA specifically. His whip is not great uh-huh. either. Um, Starling Marte, you have his 12. That's awesome. I mean, I personally feel that way. I feel like Starling Marte has... He's going to have such a good I year. I know. I don't understand why people don't think he's going to have a good year. No. Gas station <laughs> supplements <laughs> for you, Starling. I feel. Do you okay? Let's let's look at this one number though. Starling Marte, twenty four stolen bases. Are you going over or under on that? It's a good number. Um, if I was going over, I wouldn't go over by much. I don't. I have no idea in Arizona what it's going to be. I'll take the over. Fine. Wow, you that's my pretty arm. generous. You all that's heard it. Generous you heard me. it. Yeah, I think he, he twisted. I will my say arm. that even if you look at the if you look at the skewness metric, they the skewness metric thinks that it's thinks that the tail's pretty far to the the negative side. But we'll see, buddy. We will what see. What did you do last year? Twenty five. He's thirty one years old. I'm just excited about yeah. this. I'm just I'm happy that this actually, you know, this actually runs. You can give me new new plate appearance and IP predictions, which by the way are brand new as of today. Brand new as of today, and I wanted to tell you here the projection the, the projection systems for the bat, zips, fan graphs are up. So this is Oh, far more robust data than it was before. All right, it's time for me to scrape those down and do a comparison. That's my that's my next week task. All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. Alex Colome. Alex Colome, currently of the White Sox. I I would be very curious. Do you think he ends the season on the White Sox? No. Okay, me either. 2019 stats for Alex Colome: four wins, five losses, thirty saves in sixty-two games. 61 innings pitched, so they used him a little bit more normally. A little low for a closer here. He's got an 8.11K per nine, but he had a 2.80 ERA, which is pretty solid, and he had a 1.07 whip. So he's getting the job done. Yeah, he is getting the job done. Um, He jumped onto the scene and was like, in our first season we talked about just how valuable he was Mm -hmm. as a um, starting pitcher eligible relief pitcher. 
part of the reason that the Bastardo strategy was um, researched, named, etc. There you go. Well, he came. I mean, he came off that Rays team that was doing the first experiments in weird pitcher utilization. Well, they weren't even. Well, that was why he's gone. Actually, was because he became a closer, yep. and he had had he had a really really good standout first year, second year not as much, and then they're like. What are we doing this? What are we doing, guys? Let's get rid of him. I think the problem is that he, by some metrics, has gotten worse every single year. Yes. Yeah, by a lot of... Yeah. By, I would say most metrics, he's gotten worse every single year. He stunningly still manages to get the job done, and getting the job done as a late-inning reliever... Uh, is not is going to get you onto a team that wants to be in contention, and the White Sox are not that team. <laughs> no, no, he. But he's yeah. far more of a K Rod, yes, yo yeah, type guy than a Craig Kimbrell kind of. Fella. Oh, I. <laughs> yeah, K Rod guys and Craig Kimball fellas. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. That's that's absolutely right. And you can see it if you just watch him pitching, right? He pitches with what appears to be zero intensity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about zero, but he he is kind of a cool cat. He throws a lot of junk, doesn't he? I mean, his he throws a lot of cut fastballs and his his four-seamer is is not Nothing to write home about. I mean, tops out at 94, 95. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I mean, that's it's, it's generally not great. <laughs> but if he's able to be consistent and get those guys out. Yeah, he kind of makes, I mean, he mixes up his mixes up his fastball pitches. A lot of cut fastballs. Man, I did not realize how many he was throwing. Well, I mean, Mariano, a lot of cut fastballs. It worked. But doesn't he... Doesn't he throw a slider pretty regularly? He's not throwing. He wasn't throwing a slider. He wasn't throwing the slider as much last year. Boy, he throws basically zero changeups. That's amazing. And his changeups ninety-one miles an hour. So he just throws his cut fastball and mixes in some four seamers. Well, I guess that's the idea: is that to to make it look slightly different. You don't need to have a changeup if you're doing the cut fastball because it's a little bit slower. It rises. Yeah. I, I know, I know, Air quotes. I know. Uh, yeah, so I do not have a lot of confidence in this year for him. And I think actually this review session has been very productive in that I, I, don't, really, I don't really want Alex Calame. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm, I'm going to say the same thing and then all of a sudden he's going to be on my team. <laughs> He'll um, be on both of our teams this big... year, yeah, but. The thing with him is, if he was on the race, I would want him. He's yeah. on a eighty-win team. I don't want him. There's some eighty-win teams though that it's like, you know what? They're just when they actually use him, it's going to be great. Yeah. But I've I don't really trust the White Sox. I don't think that they're going to be in a lot of games where it's going to be decided by three runs. No, I mean, but they're they're using. But the thing is, the White Sox have demonstrated a track record for using him like a closer. So I guess I've talked myself into the same thing that you were just saying, which is that I I tend to like teams that, I mean, from a have an actual from a fantasy closer. standpoint, 
it makes a lot more sense when you know exactly how your pitcher is going to be used. But you're absolutely right that the White Sox are not going to get into that many close situations like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I um I would say my only my only strong bet that I would put on this is that he will be worse than last year. Ooh. Ooh. How do we no quantification? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that. No, you're that's right. the fun part is that at the end of the year we look back on this and we argue. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I think he's going to be the exact same. You think he's going to be worse. Same or worse. That's a, wow. That's just even closer, even better argument. Excellent. Same versus worse. Which he could rise in value just by playing. Um, And other other pitchers not. Okay. Okay. All right. In a relative sense, I mostly agree. Who are we going to watch next week? I think we're just going to stay in the AL Central. Which one? Hey, Joe. Oh! Jimenez. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you were going for Ian Kennedy, but yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah. Hey, Joe. Joe Jimenez. This is going to be... We're At the end of next week, you're, we're going to have to say who we'd rather have in a vacuum. Great. Oh, great game. Love that. Love that game. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools. Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.